This is Kan Zenshu, the podcast, episode 335 for the week of June 2nd, 2013. <laughs> <laughs> What up, here, us? Welcome to Cons and Shoe. The podcast. An extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Cons and Shoe. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. Joining you back in the real world after a fantastic Animazement 2013. Mary joining us. Hi, it's been a while. Has been a long time here on the show proper. I was on the bonus episode, which was super, super fun, and I really enjoyed listening to it. Yes, I made you listen to it. No, no, you didn't make me. I volunteered. Yes. Because on the drive to Animazement, I was like, I want to listen to this. And uh, because you had been building it up because you were very proud of this work. Yes, I was. And all the people's stories. And it was fascinating to hear what other people had to say. Um, I can almost picture myself in their situations. Yeah. Or they were describing it so well that I can just be like, yeah, I can totally see that. Was it really weird or fun hearing how many similar experiences we all had? It wasn't weird at all. I think we were very in sync back then and i think back then uh, we all had the same mindset as yeah. fans for the most which part which was consume 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 except for the one that i thought was really interesting um it was lance who said i didn't listen to that stuff right the one who was like i only care if it's background music from the show yep, yep. which i thought was fascinating i've never heard that angle before mm-hmm. so but I, it's I, an I appropriate it. angle it was a good one so if you have not checked it out last week we did release an unnumbered bonus special episode i don't remember exactly what i called it, it was like dbz game music number one it's us reminiscing about ye olden great days of Dragon Ball video game music. The first episode, I did call it number one. There will be future installments. This one focused on the beginning up through the 32-bit generation on the Saturn and the PlayStation. So please, please, please check it out. I had such an awesome time working on that episode. And you could tell because you were just so you know, jazzed about it as you were I working was. on it. Totally. It's like, okay, there must be something special here going on. So who is this guy who edited the episode? Oh, right. My name is Mike Vegito EX. I do gather folks here week in, week out to talk in about Dragon dungeon. Ball in the, in the dungeons around the corner. It's a little cleaned out now. It is. It is. If it was relevant to Dragon Ball, I would take photos of it and post it on your website because I'm so proud of it. There's less fan subs in there, <laughs> there now. Is. They got relegated. Oh, I guess that's a bit of unrelated Dragon Ball news is that we have finally taken that dramatic step towards moving the fan, fan subs, are in the garage. subs and official VHS tapes yeah. from what we call the dungeon here in our basement, which is adjacent to where we record the show, to the garage where it will, I mean, it'll see the light of day when the garage door opens, but for the most part, it's banishing it to death. And I've already stipulated that if in another 10 years we don't even crack open those boxes, well, it's time for them to hit the old trash bin. I do want to capture some more commercials and mm. stuff at some point. I but- had a lot of commercials Especially on my Boo Era. Yeah, me too. Boo Era. They kept them in. Do we have any technology in the house that allows to capture off of VHS anymore? <laughs> Not here. Your mom does. I my think mom. still. <laughs> <laughs> hey, mom. She did that whole project. She did. Yeah. Oh, man. We All right. Go to her for help. We're like, we got to get these Japanese commercials. Mary. I'm sure they're already on YouTube, you know. Uh, most of them are, I think. 
Okay, then. But I'd like having my own stuff. Mary, you and I, Vegito EX, two of us got together. We did travel down to an amazement down in Raleigh, North Carolina, for such an awesome convention. That's our topic this it episode. Is. It is. And maybe we will do a very good job of selling the con and I convincing so. everyone out there that they should totally go. We have two hats to wear. You were not pressed, so you can be totally enthusiastic. Yay, everything was awesome. I will put on my hmm, critical analysis press of an amazement says but i was totally stoked the whole time it was awesome yeah so we're basically going to tell you stories of awesomeness this episode that is our topic we do have some news to catch up on so we got that we got your topic it's gonna be a great episode stay with us here we go right now So in terms of news, it was a crazy session this last weekend as we had an entire day of downtime, which I got to give Heath props because it was basically all him all weekend. Site was down was like, hey, sorry, I'm hanging out with Masako Nozawa. I got a good excuse. <laughs> Bye. Have fun with the site. But uh, we did get things ironed out. So props to him. And he was able to get a little bit of news going while we were at the con. The first one, the first listings for the home release of Battle of Gods have slipped out online. We are very excited for this. It's right in line with what I expected, which was a September release. That makes sense. I think what's most surprising about this are the number of uh, editions. Yeah, I was going to say SKUs. I don't know if that's appropriate for Japanese market. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, there's just a lot of choices. So the Japanese blog movie and drama memo, this is where we're pulling this from. They have up listings here. September 13th, we are supposedly getting a Blu-ray and a DVD release, but two versions of each. There will be a special limited edition and a standard edition of each. Let's go from most expensive to least expensive. Mary, I'll name it. You give me the price. All right. It's like the prices are right. That's right. So how much would I be willing to pay for this DVD or Blu-ray? Oh, hold that. I, I do want to get back to how much would you pay for it? <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sparking ideas. As Us we go. being dumb the other night. Anyway, so Mary, Blu-ray special limited edition. Do we know what comes with the limited we edition? We don't. Okay. So uh, the, the price tag on that is 9200 240 yen, which roughly in American dollars is like 90 bucks. We're at like 92 bucks. We are at such a good exchange rate right now. Is it nearly one on one? It is in our favor now. Oh, is it? Okay. Hells yeah. All right. So looking at about 90 bucks for that. Mary, the Blu ray standard edition. Um, That's going to be 5,040 yen. So about, about 50, bucks. 50 bucks. Mary, the DVD special limited edition. So the DVD version of the special limited this edition. Is, this is fascinating to me. Uh, yeah. It's, it, it's 8,190 yen. So so we'll pause before we do the last one. So do you feel like the special limited edition, whatever it is, you're paying for the limited edition portion clearly rather than the high deafness? Um, it depends on what it is. Yeah, we don't know. Uh, which, which, considering that this is just a DVD, I'm surprised it's as expensive as it is. I would expect it to be in like the, the 6,000s. All right, so let's finish up and then we'll come back okay. to this. And then finally, uh, very standard price, the DVD standard edition. Right, that's uh, 3,990 yen, so, so roughly 39 standard, bucks. 40 bucks there. Now, considering the price of the Blu-ray special limited edition and the DVD special limited edition, tentatively here anyway, are 
almost the same price. You're only looking at $10 difference here. Do you think whatever the extra stuff is, is non-video disc related? Are we I, looking at like a book inclusion? It something had better like that? be a book or a figure. Yeah, for because that price. Because if it's not, if it's just... If it's just a second if it's with extra, extras. I mean, that's great, but they, right. had, they would have to be really kick-ass extras, like uh, footage from in the recording booth or mm. um, production stuff. Just um, really neat things that maybe haven't been put out there before. But I understand that, you know, DVDs in Japan do cost that much. They do. So that, that's the like $9.90 price, on. though. That's pretty fair, I think, for Japanese yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. The no frills version. This is all we have right now. This has not been officially put out there by Toei or Pony Canyon or Fox or anyone who's traditionally going to be involved with this stuff. So we'll let you know as we learn more. But September makes sense. And tied in with that a little bit, this was crazy. We've crazy had good or crazy bad? Crazy good for those of you in Latin America. We've had all those stories leading up to the release where producers and publicity folks associated with the movie were like, yes, we are making this movie with an eye toward an international release. Nothing has come of that so far. I'm movie- sure like the the legal web of, yeah, you of know, course. international distributors is complicated. And I'm sure, I'm sure it the is. U.S. is probably one of the most complicated. I'm sure it is. So mad props to Diamond Films making massive multiple announcements here over the span of two days we basically got theatrical international confirmations for argentina peru mexico and paraguay that just felt very street fighter to me (laughs) mexico Mexico, paraguay Paraguay. wait why are there no Paraguayan? Is that a word? I don't know. <laughs> Never mind. So T-Hawk's going to go check out Battle of Gods. Uh, right now, the date on their official image is 2014. I know there are some other dates floating around out there. That is the big one on their official Facebook page. Very cool. Mary, what do you think? I am, you know, the, the Latin American fans deserve this because they're some of the most <laughs> hardcore in the world. Yes, and they're they pretty are. on the ball. As we saw recently exactly. with the Cumbia video. Now, Mary... Do you remember the shit that went down with Dragon Ball Kai in Mexico? I don't. Can you refresh my memory? Sure. So How convenient. I believe it was the voice director for Kai in Mexico. Was a previous voice. I don't know if he was Kudadin and or Dende. He was a voice on the old amazing Mexican Latin American dub of Dragon Ball Z. He was in charge of the dub for Kai, and things started coming out as he was tweeting, we mostly have new voices in Kai. There was an online revolt by the Mexican fans because their love for Mario Castaneda, I believe his name is, as the Mexican Son Goku, is far greater than anything you have ever seen in your life. (laughs) So, knowing all that in history, Diamond Films was almost forced to make an official statement on their Facebook page. Really? In response to a flood, a deluge, if you will, of comments and petitions. So I would like to read for you uh, a translation here, a little bit from our buddy Albert, a little bit from our buddy Puto here, uh, translation of the Spanish. Thank you very much to everyone for your comments regarding the new movie, Dragon Ball Z Battle of Gods. We would like to inform you that your petition to have the movie dubbed with the original voice cast has been notified to the directors of this distribution throughout Latin America. We've only received a notification notification about the movie's distribution. Soon we'll get organized with all the petitions we receive. Once we receive any new information, 
We will keep you posted throughout our social network. It's like, we heard chill. You. We got it. We know. Holy shit. Calm so down. Is the reason why they didn't stay with the voices that they knew in Kai was due to cost? Or? Yeah, it was cost. They mm. flat out said it. They, they cost too much. They're too professional now to pay the rates that those people go for. Which, if you remember, we heard back in Japan with our good buddy Yuji Mitsuya well before we ever knew Kai was coming to a close when we had our fun little last Q&A with him at Oticon, we asked him, hey, are you coming back for Kaiushin? He's like, I don't know if they can still afford me. I would be willing to work for a lower rate. So Kai throughout the world, it sounded like, in all the time. I mean, remember, Dragon Ball was brought pretty much everywhere else on time. It was North America that got it so late. You think about Mexico and Italy and France. They all had it. The people that worked on those versions since then, of course, grew to be giant actors in their like field the, the john um DiMaggio's DiMaggio's of and, like yeah exactly countries. exactly who still pops up in video games all the time <laughs> but video games pay well over it's weird so that's what's going on with kai in latin american territories they're getting it in theaters and it sounds like probably dubbed but diamond is also like holy crap we, we, we're only just saying that we got it we don't even know anything else right now oh my god which of course goes into all these great discussions where people are like oh, all right if we get it in north america fox is involved would there be a redone celebrity casting in the movie or would they just be appropriate and cheap oh and god. go with the funimation cast? that would be horrifying i mean would I have it? no loyalty to the English dub at all, but right. But I understand Same. the importance of consistency and the voices you, know, you true, know like the voices you grew up with. And oh my god, I really hope that Fox doesn't throw it all to the wind. Like, all right, let's get some celebrities. Whatever the decision is, I'm sure it's going to be a correct one. I can see, and I, I don't know if Kerbifer put this idea in my head, probably, but uh, Funimation cast for everyone except Beerus and Weiss. Maybe quasi-celebrities do them. That would be cool. Something like that. Didn't the Chewbacca actor do something, I think, in the GT TV special? What? I have no idea. It was weird. Not in Japan. I'm talking about over no, here. No, I know. I understand. Funimation. All right. So that's what's going on with Battle of Gods. Let's go over to some other really, really fun stories. This is fun in a bad way. This is a debacle <laughs> going on right now. So the new three-in-one versions of the Dragon Ball manga coming from Viz. We got a statement from them months ago where it was like, yes, we're putting these out. Yes, they're going to be on the lower quality paper. We're going to keep the Viz big in stock for the collectors, the bigger size, a better paper. There had been statements floating out there about, oh, the three-in-ones, they're going to be uncensored. And even the back of the three-in-ones, as we got the cover art and the back art said, I think, uncut and unedited. People are starting to get the three-in-ones. Guess what's still edited? Ugh. Yes. <sighs> That's frustrating. It's very frustrating. It's like, why should fans have to play the role of quality control? Mm. And instead of getting paid, they're the ones paying out of their wallet for a shoddy product. Right. So what's also going on is... Oh, my God. What? I'm sorry, you just scrolled down on your page and I saw what you're about to, I guess, describe. Well, we're getting to that okay. eventually. <laughs> talking about the full color? Yeah. All right. Well, let's go right now. The full color manga, as that's coming out, the full color comics. I don't know why I said manga. They use comics even in Japan for the title of that. Uh, those are coming out in print in Japan for the Z portion, digital only here for us from Viz in their digital Weekly Shonen Jump. The art in that is unedited, except for Popo's lips. 
that they're still doing. But everything else, like Gohan's Wiener, that's all in there, all that good stuff. Now, in response to people reading this on our site, and I got to give props to Cyan Prince Vegeta, who was the first one to start posting up some comparisons on our forum. People started flooding Viz. It's like the back of your book says uncut and unedited. What is going on? And I don't think they knew what was going on. One response that I've seen so far on Twitter in response to someone said that they are said that the censored pages, quote, slipped by, end quote, and will be fixed, quote, on reprint, end quote. I have a horrible negative theory. Yes. And that is whatever future future editions of uh, Viz Big are coming out soon, they're already done and in the queue. And I'm sure they just did copy paste of whatever they had lying around. Yep. And if someone, you know, hears about this and goes back and relooks at the work, then great. But I don't know. I'm feeling kind of down on this. This this release, we were already like, ah. I wanted to have this conversation. We've already quasi had this conversation. Mary, I said this to you and you were like, huh? I don't don't understand where you're coming from. And that's the, damn it, this could have been it. And that's, you know, the Kanzenban over in Japan Mm -hmm. started coming out, I think, very late 2002, ended, incidentally, on April 1st, 2004, (laughs) is how the Kanzenban went, was a re-release of the manga, larger print, super, super, super high quality paper. It it did actually have a couple little edits here and there, like, I think Volna's cigarette was edited in one point. Oh, that's lame. And Welcome was fixed oh, okay but but overall it was just the manga i think some dialogues were, i think even in a second reprint of the kanzenban a battle power was corrected wow weird things like that but overall it was just the best presentation of the manga awesome quality paper i mean it is black and white it's not you know grayish shit paper it is black and white on that page toriyama did new cover art cover and back art for all 34 volumes condensed down from 42 they didn't lose any content it's just more content per volume is the ultimate release of the manga basically save for a couple little things here and there u.s has not had what we can consider an ultimate version because we're cheap asses the viz bigs were close in some ways they were taller they, you know, they were bigger, so that's kind of nice. The paper quality was not quite Kanzenban, but it was much nicer than the graphic novel versions. And it had most of the color chapters, inexplicably leaving out some here and there that were still left in grayscale, like the Kanzenban, which had all of the color chapters. Like, that was really approaching good, but the translation was still the same as it had always been. I mean, the translation, I'll let Jake talk about that at some point in the future. We've talked about it before. Jake assigns it an arbitrary 7 out of 10. Steve's subtitles are an arbitrary 9 out of 10. That's Jake's scores. It's got its quirks here and there. My thing about the translation is just so many people came and went over time, in particular Jason Thompson, who's now moved on to bigger and better things so stuff at the beginning is not as consistent as it is at the end like the way people talk piccolo in particular that kind of stuff going on in the viz translation so we've never had what we can consider oh that's the best version like for us to point and say oh the dragon box oh we're done that's the one you want to get we haven't had anything like that with the manga it's always been well this is kind of the best one but this over here has this and this over here has this the three in one we were hoping could have been our best version but the lower quality paper is kind of a hit and then they do this thing things are so thick well i understand but then they do this thing where the cover art for the three in ones is the cover art from the kanzen bond and here's the thing. I don't think Viz is thinking no, I that don't, thoroughly no. about it. No, I think it's I, like, there's no it's malice honor. there. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't think they're trying to trick no, anyone. No, I don't think so at all. I think it's just an unfortunate, you can take that in a malicious way where there is no malice intended. But then there's, we're going to tell you this is uncut and unedited. Oh, nope. It's still censored. It's like, fuck. 
Here we are in 2013. Viz has moved so heavily into digital and appropriately so and good on them. They're doing a great job with it. We've kind of lost our chance for Archons and Bon and for there to be problems with this manga release here in 2013. It's just kind of like... Ugh. It's just another cash Damn grab. It. It's not to do anything for fans. I understand. They don't that. owe fans anything. That. No, they they certainly don't. <laughs> so it's just a shitty situation all around. We will keep you up to date with what happens. Does this get reprinted? Mine hasn't shipped yet. I ordered it from Amazon, so it's going to ship. You know when it's oh, released. I didn't realize. I'm kind of like, do I cancel yeah, my I think order? You cancel it. But you know, that's just me being like, hey, save your money. Yeah. So cancel it. There you go. Yeah, there you go, Viz. My wife says cancel the order. You lost the sale. My wife needs a new pair of shoes, so. And you're, the, I think, kind of the most understanding in the situation here. And even you're like, cancel the order. Cancel it. Well, because I go upstairs and I see our giant bookcase filled of <laughs> how many all times have I bought number one <laughs> Viz manga? It's like we've paid our dues over the year. Yeah. Over the years, we don't need to. We don't need to speak with our. And uh, actually, no, we do need to speak with our wallets in this case by, by not. not buying it. So, yeah. booyah, wife lead the smackdown. Yeah, two more stories for you. This is less news and more of a whoa. That's really weird. So, Mary Kenji Yamamoto, right? Oh, our favorite, <laughs> our man, Raging Blast Two. Story with this game, he did the soundtrack for the international release of the game. Because remember, all the sparking games and the blast games in Japan. They have Kikuchi music to kind of fulfill that you're playing the show kind of thing. The international releases get new soundtracks, replacement scores, if you will, if you're familiar with that from various other English releases of Dragon Ball. Kenji Yamamoto did the replacement music for Raging Blast 2, as well as other games. The Kenji Yamamoto lols go down. Raging Blast 2 was going to have an original soundtrack overseas version, which was going to be the music from the replacement soundtrack, which I will say our buddy K17 noted is actually unlockable in the Japanese. Japanese version, so you can get a dual soundtrack thing. But the soundtrack release was going to be our music from Raging Blast 2. That had a slew of problems. One, it was slated to come out when the tsunami and earthquake hit. So that was like, well, we're delaying everything within the span of a couple of weeks. So it's like, all right, we understand what's going on there. Then it just got flat out canceled. Then people started picking up Raging Blast 2 months later and were like, huh, this isn't the Raging Blast 2 music. This is the replacement music from Budokai Tenkaichi 2. So Namka Bandai stealthily re-released Raging Blast 2 with replacement music for the replacement music. Yep. So that soundtrack never came out. Well, last week, the soundtrack popped up on eBay for $1,000. So I actually contacted the seller. I was like, hey, so where'd you get this? Because this never actually came out. This was officially canceled. And the report was that... A couple versions of the soundtrack did get pressed and were sent out to developers, game developers, and other composers. So there you go. A couple copies do exist of this wow. soundtrack. That's actually really cool. It is. It is. One of those rare things floating out in, yep. the, in the world. Yep. So that's going to make a fun addition to our music guide on Consensu. Oh, it's God. like, you can't get this. Technically, this exists, though. So the buy it now price is $999. It looks like there's been one offer on it so far but it doesn't say how much that offer is. Uh, I'm not making an offer on it. I'll just rip the music from the game or something. Isn't that weird and cool That's, and fun? It is. It really is. All right. So we're going to wrap you up. Our last story here is we like to cover Dragon Ball Heroes Ultimate Mission. Uh, I missed 
missed last week's sales because we were getting ready for an amazement. So I did the 12th and the 13th week sales all in one post here. It's 12th week, it did another 4,539 copies. It's 13th week, it did another 4,105 copies. So Media Create is saying the game has sold 193,160 copies. The Famitsu sales list puts it a little higher, just over the 200,000 mark. Mary, you have not been here for the Ultimate Mission Hilarity where this game went and I was like flatlining high. It's really weird. It kind of comes and goes and now it's sticking around three months later. Games don't usually do that. Yeah, it's usually um, like like a blast a at sale first. And, then yep. it, and then it trails off instantly. Yep. So I wonder what it is about this. Is it that like it's got the card aspect to it? Oh, wait, or does it not? Am well, yeah, the digital version, you don't buy extra cards because that's just the arcade version. They're all unlockable within the game. I mean, it had a burst, if you will, when Battle of Gods came out. That made sense. It was tied in with the movie. Then it kind of went away, and now it's coming back. Julian's theory is that the arcade version is doing so well, it's bringing people back to 3DS version. Yeah, it sounds like it's a very incestuous yeah. realm of products. They're all where keeping they're all each other off. going. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's what's going on with that. Three months now, and uh, definitely around 200,000. So we'll keep our eye on that. For everyone that's asking... And everyone that's searching, because I see you every day, there is no international release announced for this game just yet. And the 3DS is region locked. My copy sits up there unplayed because I can't do jack with it yet. Like next time Julian comes to the US, I'm going to have to have him uh, bring me a Japanese 3DS. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> Wife puts a smack down on that one, too. And as is often the case when we record the podcast early on the weekend, more stories break and we have to record a little insert. And by we, I mean just me, just all by myself right now. First story here, we uh, first got hints of this way back in February, but it is indeed a real product. It always has been a real product. It just went through some changes. It was back in February that listings for a DBZ Cyan or Saiyan Saga Ocean Dub DVD started getting little popping up things here and there. Uh, it was primarily listed on AAA or AAA Distribution, which is one of the big anime distributors over here in North America. It was listed for about 40 bucks, coming out on July 17th. And what it basically appeared to be was the first of maybe two-ish or one. It was kind of unclear the way the description went versus what the potential box art said, but kind of a re-release of Funimation's first dub of the Dragon Ball Z TV series, which they did back in 1996. And if you're a longtime reader of Konzenshu, going back to Daisenshu EX, going back to Vegito EX's homepage, you know the story here that uh, what a lot of people call the Ocean dub was, sure, done with Ocean Studios' voices, but it was always done by Funimation. They've always been in control post-Harmony Gold 1994 onward with the incorporation of Funimation. So that version aired in syndication on TV for two years, then Toonami picked it up and kind of made it a big thing, and then season three onward, you know the story from there. This old version was kind of overwritten, replaced with the Ultimate Uncut Edition in 2005, and it just kind of existed there in the history, in our minds, in our remembrance, 
back in the olden days. But Funimation apparently wanted to re-release it in some capacity, but those listings kind of came and went, and then more listings for more months came, and it wasn't up there. But uh, Right Stuff really is the big one that put it up here, along with the Anime Corner Store. New listing for the Rock the Dragon edition of Dragon Ball Z coming from Funimation. It is one giant collector's box set. It will include episodes 1 through 53, which gets you to about episode 67, 68. It's, why am I talking about this in 2013? This is the weirdest thing. I thought we were done with this back in 2005. Now we have to explain this to an entirely new generation of fans who don't remember the number 276 and how we had to explain why 276 was an incorrect number. Ugh, it's crazy. It's crazy. So this new Rock the Dragon edition going to have 1 through 53 of the original edited English dub from Funimation produced from 1996 to 1998 with the Ocean Studios cast and the Shuki Levy. Or is it Levy? I don't actually know. I'm this old and this familiar with various works and don't actually know how to pronounce the name can someone please tell me it's 2013 i should probably know this by now that old dub along with probably most interesting to fans of my generation the dubs of movies one through three dbz movies one through three as they were called dead zone the world's strongest and tree of might which of course were released back then those were released in 1997 1998 on vhs laserdisc and dvd those were released uncut produced in conjunction with pine Pioneer by Funimation, later uh, Genion, and then now nothing. Those are kind of the what we all pointed to as, oh, if you're going to do it, that's the way you should do it. So it's going to have those movies on there as well. Now, we don't know uh, if the movies in particular will also have the Japanese audio track on them. I mean, if they are going to be those versions and they were all produced uncut, it's an easy toss-on to throw them on there like they have always had since 1997 and even when Funimation re-released them as part of the Ultimate Uncut Edition. Although movies two and three kind of came out after they stopped with Ultimate Uncut. That was a weird situation. So more questions than there are answers, although we at least have a couple answers right now. So the MSRP on this is now a full $99.98. Right Stuff is already listening it for about 60 bucks. So that's probably what you can expect to pay in most places. But it's also going to have, in addition to the 53 episodes and the three movies, a 48-page book, and the quote is here, which showcases the characters, history, and tropes that helped elevate Dragon Ball Z to the pop culture phenomenon phenomenon it is today. So hopefully we can expect a lot of explanations again of what we all knew and kind of grew up along back there in the late 90s. So that's a weird story. And then probably our most favorite story to see pop up this weekend, the full release details for Battle of Gods in Japan. Mary and I were just talking about it earlier this episode. We were basically right on with everything we were projecting. So I'm very glad to see that finally for once our predictions were kind Kinda okay. We are getting exactly what the uh, first listing said. Blu-ray and DVD limited edition and standard edition of both. The prices are exactly what they said they were going to be. Now, the, the big important thing here is what do the limited editions come with? What you're going to get are uh, two discs. You're going to get the DVD or the Blu-ray, depending on what you get. On the main feature disc, it's going to have a trailer collection and a design materials collection. But there's going to be a bonus disc that's going to have things like 
a recording studio report, an interview collection, and a day one onstage greeting. Now, Julian's uh, theory is that it's going to be the one from Marunouchi Toei in Tokyo, which was the March 30th kind of debut thing that went on. That was the theater in Tokyo. That's where Nozawa was. Yamadero was there as well. Please, Beerus. Uh, a whole bunch of the cast was there along with Shoko Nakagawa, the Oracle Fish. So hopefully we can see some great footage of that on that extras disc. But in addition to on-disc extras, we're going to get a Super Saiyan God three-dimensional wall figure that looks super cool. It's kind of like a cross between a figure, a diorama, and a picture poster sort of thing. There's going to be a postcard set with all 18 theatrical features on the cards, the covers of them, and a special booklet. And the booklet is uh, open there in the promotional picture. So that's super cool. And then in addition to that, Amazon Japan has their own special version, exclusive version of the limited edition. The only extra thing there is you get a steel book in addition to the slipcover packaging that comes with the DVD and the Blu-ray, regardless of what you get. Uh, and on Amazon Japan, their exclusive version, it's the same price as the limited edition of the Blu-ray, but they do have a significant discount on the limited edition Blu-ray, about 20 bucks off. So you're kind of paying full price for it there if uh, you want the steelbook. That's the only extra thing there. Uh, so you can check out everything on the front page of Konsenshu right now. We've got pictures of everything, links to everything. You want to buy them, Amazon Japan, CD Japan are your friends. And uh, CD Japan is also saying that first printings of the movie will come with the poster so if you're interested in that get your pre-orders in so that's the extra news in the two days since we recorded the podcast so we'll jump back over to the rest of your regularly scheduled show right now all right so let's move on let's talk about the awesomeness that was animazement we're pretty much going to do uh i don't want to say a condensed version but a similar version of the reports that i put up on Konzenshu. We'll just kind of run through the panels and some of the fun questions, but I'm also going to mix in some sound samples from the panels as well, because I was recording everything while I was there, and we get to hear some pretty amazing stuff. So Mary, the first thing I want to talk about is got nothing to do with Dragon Ball. It's just animazement in general. We walked in, walked right up, got our badges right away. No line, pleasant people. I walked over to the info booth, got my press thing. No questions really asked, which was kind of weird in some capacity. It was smooth sailing the entire convention. And a little bit of context, um, really the only convention we've been going to in recent years has been Otakon, which you know, has tens and thousands, tens of thousands of people. You uh, usually have to stand in line for quite a long time to get your badge. Recently, we've been going on Thursdays, so we go that evening. And even then, we still wait in line, like maybe 20 minutes. Depends. Depends, yeah. Um, so the fact that we could just stroll right up. I mean, I gave ourselves two hours right. to get there and then anticipate standing in a line and having never been to Animazement before, I had no expectations of how big the audience How's this is. Go, is yeah. it even an organized I mean, we knew it was a smaller convention, but still, mm -hmm. it, it was just, it was perfect. Yeah, it was really a breath of fresh air in so many ways. Like that, that really set the tone, I think, for the entire rest of the Honestly, weekend. Honestly, it did. It totally where it's did. it's like every couple hours we would just be like, this is this going is so, so well. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I haven't had this much fun at a con in years. It so at that point, what we did is we basically just stalked to the room where Masako Nozawa was going to appear. And so the line starts to form. We get in line. And I think we're actually talking. We already started meeting people yeah, like at that instantly. point, which was great. And there were a couple people. And I'm so terrible with names. But I know there was one girl that I think you went to the bathroom. She was just chatting with her husband or boyfriend or whatever. It was like, oh, yeah, I've been going to your site since it was on AOL. I'm like, what the fuck? 
how are you people just you're everywhere this convention and it was amazing to hear that just it wasn't just the support for us she was i mean it was great it was a great conversation it was like masako nozawa was gonna walk down this hallway and this is the greatest experience of my life <laughs> and then masako nozawa walked down that hallway oh, yeah and, and it was the greatest experience of our life that was such an amazing feeling. i remember nudging you like <laughs> Like I, I was like, oh, my, my, my breath left me for a moment. It was so good. It was so good. So that was our first panel. It was Nozawa. Uh, the title of it was World of Heroes' Voices. Ostensibly to talk about all the roles that she's had, but really it was the Son Goku from Masako Nozawa panel, which was great though. Uh, the translator there that we saw many times throughout the weekend was Takeyuki Karahashi. Uh, he, he did a great job. He was fast with these translations. And I know we've seen him in previous cons Oh yeah, too. we totally have. Yeah. Where have we seen him? Definitely not probably anime con. We haven't been. Yeah, he's probably the East Coast go-to translator guy. Nozawa touched upon so much stuff. People are talking about why is Goku popular? And uh, the phrase that he translated from her was, he's kind of this boy next door kind of guy. And I totally get that. The, he the Goku... said he used the word Ikemen. Oh, okay. Which I thought was fascinating mm. the way he translated that. Not that I'm... Yeah, you were paying attention better than I was. I was busy right. taking notes and stuff. I was mm -hmm. missing some of the Japanese there. But I, I think that's an apt description of Goku. I don't know. I picture the early Saiyan arc and he's just kind of like, dur, 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 cutting down trees and I'm so cute and round still. That's Goku to me. Mm -hmm. It totally is. It was great. Um, and we heard this a lot. It's like, why is Goku popular? And Nozawa was constantly talking about... And I don't necessarily agree with all of this because both Nozawa and Shemmel at this convention were saying how Goku is not selfish. We've had plenty of conversations oh, yeah. on our forum. Goku is extremely selfish, but I think the way that they were describing him, they could get away with a little bit of yeah. that. So there, there were some really good answers there. Just that basically Goku makes the world a better place. And if you could act more like Goku, you would make the world a better place. And that would be a good thing. We heard that a lot. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, that's so right. It that's is. so Let's good. Let's all be Goku. There were questions about uh, she plays so many characters. Does she ever confuse any of these roles? And I've read this in interview after interview with her. She's like, no, I... I don't have a problem with this. And we heard this from other voice actors. So they're just in awe of her. Like she just does it and she never messes up. I know she said it at maybe this panel and several others, but her description of it. And I loved this was in the recording booth in Japan. There's the stool that she kind of hangs out and sits on in the booth. Then the screens a couple steps away with the microphone. And from the time that she gets up from the stool and walks up to the microphone, she becomes Goku. That is just so beautiful. That's amazing. And I loved it. And I remember during, when we'll get to this, the big panel, when Shemmel, dis or when Shemmel was hearing her describe it, she's like, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I, I loved seeing, more than anything else, Shemmel was kind of almost epitomizing Goku, which is just like, wow, kind of. <laughs> like wide eyes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, it was great to see all that going on. And Mary, we recently put up two interviews on the site with Nozawa. Julian did English translations. We put up her super long interview from the second Dragon Ball GT Perfect File, which was from 1997. Mm -hmm. And we put up a new interview she just recently did with Weekly Asahi, um, just in support of Battle of Gods. In the GT Perfect Files interview, one of the questions is, are there any very memorable scenes from the series for her? And she described during the Red Ribbon arc oh, in this old I interview- when Goku's at Snow's house and someone from the Red Ribbon Army bursts in and just like litters everything with bullets and she's wondering, is Goku going to be okay? And the, the instant she knew everything was going to be okay and Goku was just going to be amazing was... Just that when he comes out, it's like that herb. But, I, but he was totally fine. Fascinating that her answer from 1997 is still the same 
in 2013. It's funny because you think that was just a little nothing scene. Right. But it's important to her. Right. It, it totally just stuck in her brain as that's my Goku right there. And that was great. I, oh, it was just, I don't know if it's just she's got her answers and she's ready to go with her answers or if, no, I absolutely do know that is the memorable scene to me. And she stuck with it. And that was wonderful. And maybe her best story from the entire weekend was she had a niece whose friends didn't believe that her aunt was the voice of Goku. So one day, the niece called her from the payphone at school and said, you have to talk to all my friends. And the way she described it was she would say, us or Goku. And each friend would say, thank you very much. And just pass the phone to the next friend in line as they all learned, yes. Your aunt is indeed the voice of Son Goku from Dragon Ball. And just everyone was so polite about it the entire time. Like Nozawa was very polite. All the friends were very polite. It just seemed so Japanese to me. I loved it. That was a great, great story. It was a great story. It was totally wonderful. And we would have much more to come from Nozawa. The next panel that we uh, attended was the Here Comes One Piece panel. We had Toshio Furukawa, the voice of Piccolo and, of course, Ace in One Piece. We had Ryusei Nakao, who... You obviously know as the voice of Frieza, but is now Caesar Clown in One Piece. Although I remember him being Eric, this random filler villain from, I think, right before they hit the Grand Line. I didn't realize that he was a new villain in One Piece. I was like, why is he up there? And then Yuko Minaguchi, who, you know, is Videl and Pan, who plays, I guess, Ace's mother in One Piece. So I feel like she was kind of, I don't want to say shoehorned onto the panel, but yeah, not as large a role as some of these other guys. But this was a wonderful panel, too. There was so much talk about One Piece, but there was also so much talk about Dragon Ball. Someone's question was, it was just one of those kind of, I'm asking a question to see if you'll announce a new One Piece video games. Like, will we hear more of... Of Ace in future One Piece video games. And yeah, they answer that. And it's just the basic, oh, mm, anything's possible. Look forward to it. But then they just started on their own talking about the video game recording process. And it was awesome because we've heard similar stories from the English voice actors, but to hear the Japanese voice actors going through the exact same bullshit was great. And I'm going to play a clip for you right now. And the translator there, was it Toshi that was doing this panel? Uh, I believe I think so. so. From uh, Viz, formerly right, of Viz. Right, uh, is doing the translation. But you don't even need Toshi there to hear what it is they're describing, what it is they're doing. You're like, oh, yep, that's right. I've heard all that in the video games. I really hate working on the games. Like I'm hot envy though, both of them have to fight. And you get all the reactions in one sitting. Long, short, medium reactions to, you know, hit impacts, reactions. それずっとだからね。ドラゴンボールの時の原画死にますね。そうですね。やっぱりドラゴンボールが一番大変。やっぱ第一形態、第二形態、第三形態、それは最終形態メタルクーク、メタルクリーザー。おまけにクーラーが
My script this tall, eight forms. First form, second form, third form, metal cooler, metal cooler. But the, not as bad as the main character who has three telephone books on the script. <laughs> and of course, Nozawa's there at the convention, not there at the panel, but all three of them are like, you think we have a bad Miniguchi's going, yeah, I got to do Videl and Pan, but there's nothing like Nozawa who's got Goku and Gohan and Goten and Bardock and Tullus and the fusions on top of that that they have to. It's just like all these phone books of stuff to record. And they're just like, oh, wow, she's awesome that she can do that. Uh, I think another one of my favorite questions was uh, what would happen if their Dragon Ball characters met their One Piece characters? Furukawa just, he knew exactly that. They'd fight. That's it. Piccolo and Ace, they just get into a brawl. That was a great answer. Uh, Nakao <laughs> responded, he didn't think there was really much difference between Frieza and Caesar Clown. So we just did a little comparison between the voices there. <laughs> I think that was one of the first clips I put up. That was a great thing. And Minaguchi was great. She thought that Videl and Pond would want to protect her other characters because stuff may have happened to her other characters that they would need protecting from. <laughs> so that was her. She was so adorable the entire yeah. time. She was great. Mary, that was that was just the first day. I know. Like after that first day, I think I, I may have said this to you when we were out that night. I was like, I'd be ready to go home because that was freaking amazing. And I don't know how you top that. Yep. Like, like I'm out. Peace out. We're done. That's it. That was, that was awesome. I got what I needed. All right. Goodbye. So. We will move on to day two. You guys know our loyalties lie with the Japanese voice actors. So wherever they were, that's where we went. And there was some overlap with some of the English voice actors, uh, but we'll get to them in just a second. The first panel we attended of day two was talking with Ataru Piccolo or with the one Mr. Toshio Furukawa or as we would later hear Toshio Furukawa. Furukawa. That was embarrassing. And speaking of embarrassing, Furukawa had to point out that the last kanji on his name was the wrong kanji on the little yeah. name panel badge thing. That was kind of sad. But anyway, so Furukawa, the, the way I feel that the voice actors went in terms of talkative, and it's not that they weren't talkative, but Nozawa was more, I will answer the question. Maybe I'll give you a little more, but I'll mostly just answer the question. She was pragmatic more, yeah. to the point. Next up was... Furukawa. He would occasionally go on some tangents and they were great. And Nakawa, I would kind of put it at the top. And Miniguchi, we unfortunately didn't get to see her uh, her panel with Kara Edwards on the, the third day. So I kind of reserve my judgment on how extra talkative she was. But Furukawa had these amazing answers. And I think the best one, I don't even know what he was answering anymore, but he just started talking about his rivalry with Akira motherfucking Kamiya. Oh, they were talking about um, the Fist work of the North he, Star. Yeah, yeah. And how they were both trying out for... Kenshiro, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he tried out for Genshiro. Mm -hmm. And his explanation of it was that the script said ta, 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 ta. So, like fighting, like right. fighting, punching noises. So he literally read it. I mean, he did a voice with it, but then Kamiya came in and did the version of what is now Kenshiro, obviously. It's like, well, I'm out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> He's got it. He knew at that point. But I guess he went on to play, was it Sheen? Yes. In Fist of the North Star. So, uh, 
I think another one of his great answers was that uh, because Kamiya has Kami or God in his name, that's why he kind of got so successful at some of these roles. So instead of Furukawa, if it was Kamikawa, he, he would have <laughs> done better, better success in his voice acting career. He's incredibly successful, though. Uh, he talked about his figure collection. He's almost borderline otaku in some capacity. Mm-hmm. His, he updated his numbers over the course of the weekend. He's like, I think I get about 700 Piccolo figures and about 300 Ace figures. That's insane. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. He's collecting figures. I want to himself. see pictures. Are there pictures uh, of his collection? I'm not entirely sure. Uh, but then we got into stuff about the Piccolo voice, and I guess like most of the Dragon Ball cast, he was there. There's no audition. He was selected to play the voice of Piccolo. And if you know Furukawa from other roles, specifically Ataru from Udusei Yatsura, his natural voice I wouldn't say it's high. He can act very high, but it's a higher speaking tone than his Piccolo voice. So they asked him like just lower, it. and he's like like this no lower than that and so that's how he came to his piccolo voice and he was going but my voice isn't that low why well i'm not gonna argue with you i'll play this character and it sounds like he really loves piccolo oh yeah and that was so cool to and hear. what was a recurring theme across all the panels throughout oh, the yeah, weekend? weekend um a lot of people asked you know who other than your own character is your favorite character and even in the english Everyone. and the japanese version it was like piccolo nozawa said piccolo shemmel said piccolo and i think plenty of other people said piccolo as well um air bear said piccolo as well and he was talking about how he has paiko han as a side character and he's kind of like piccolo which if you go back to the original notes from toriyama about paiko han he's like he's a little bit like piccolo so it's like i, I think mm-hmm. everyone's just got the same thoughts there piccolo's a great character uh unlike nozawa where i was unable to speak i, I did get a question out to furukawa and uh, i'll just play it for you here very late in dragon ball uh piccolo becomes what i like to call uncle piccolo where he's always babysitting goten and trunks what did you think about the transition the character went through <laughs> Um, I hope that he will change, and it happened, and yeah, I love that change that uh, you see in the uh, show. Yeah, I got a lot of fan letters um, encouraging, um, asking that Piccolo will change like that, and he did, so I'm very happy. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, scenes that I like is that he was teaching fusion, and you can tell like he's a little blushed, blushed and a uh, little shy doing that. And I love that. Multiple times throughout the weekend, we heard, I think, from him and Ozawa, just them talking about receiving fan letters and letters of support and how things are going. I thought that was great to hear. And it's the kind of thing you don't hear about these days where do people send fan letters or do they just curse at people on Twitter? Or go on Facebook. Yeah, and kind of deface people. So that was a wonderful panel. But I think what most people were looking forward to the entire weekend was the West and East Dream Match panel. Really one of the biggest things of the entire weekend. If it, not the biggest. Yeah, maybe. I mean, we didn't go, I mean, to, we didn't go to Masquerade or anything, mm-hmm. but this, I mean, it took up two of the ballrooms. It was huge and it was totally packed. So this consisted of Ryusei Nakao from the Japanese side. You, you know who these people are. Nakao, Sean Schemmel, 
from the American side, Masako Nozawa, Toshio Furukawa, Kara Edwards, Yuko Minaguchi, and Kyle Eber. So was that seven people from the two, the Japanese and the Funimation English voice cast, all on a panel together. Shemmel started out the panel by saying that we were, quote, sitting in history making, end quote. And I think that is an apt description of that, just having so many esteemed voice actors together in one place at one time, able to answer questions together. Across the ocean. It was pretty spectacular. It was, it was wonderful. It was fun. Like, I was getting giddy. Yeah. Totally I mean, giddy anyway, but like I was just getting giddy even to see, you know, the dub voice actors. It's like, oh my gosh. Really? And we've seen Shemmel before at conventions, like forever. Ten years ago. Ten years ago, and I've, I've grown to respect him, you know, a hell of a lot more over mm. the years. So I definitely was fascinated seeing, you know, him and everyone. Yeah. Um, we got a lot, of, kind of the same questions. Why do you think Goku is popular? That kind of stuff. Uh, I think one of my favorite questions was someone asked uh, if your character's got the Dragon Balls, what would they wish for? And Nakao, I think we started to see a little bit of his character here. And by his character, I mean Nakao himself, not Frieza. He was like, I think Frieza would wish to turn into a good guy and not be a villain. And then he's like, and I guess that would give him and Goku nothing to do anymore. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of hysterical. I thought that was a good answer. Uh, And a lot of people love sharing stories about Nozawa. And Nakao is also jumping in here. Uh... People that know her well, they call her Mako-chan, Masako Mako-chan. Apparently, when she drives, this is the the driving episode that came up a couple times. Did it seem to you like Nozawa didn't remember that episode the first time that they Yeah, one of them answered it incorrectly at some point or another. There were a couple questions that were answered Well, he doesn't drive. And I was like, well, there's that filler episode where they're driving. Furukawa remembered it, that was Mm -hmm. for sure. But anyway, Nakao said when uh, Nozawa drives, she turns into Frieza. (laughs) <laughs> which sounds to me like she's a bad old lady driver, which is hysterical. And I loved it. And I think really probably one of the biggest moments of the convention was the Super Saiyan 3 Goku cosplayers like, I want to do a Kamehameha with you guys. So they kind of brought everything to a standstill. And it was kind of awkward for a little bit. Because they couldn't figure out how to do it. Yeah. He was like, oh, I want you guys to come down here. And I was like, eh, eh, eh. So it's kind of weird, but it was cute in the end and everyone did a Kamehameha together. Just more stories. And I think people loved this. Uh, I think this came up a lot more because Kai was so recently just, were there any good stories from the recording booth? And Nozawa was always saying how they almost turned into their characters. She would kind of be yelling at Nakao as Frieza. And when they would record certain lines, she turned in and be like, you really are a bastard. It's like, <laughs> no, it's not me. It's just Frieza. There's good stuff. I know one little instance that we loved and we put up a, a clip of this on the site was, Again, do you have any uh, favorite lines of dialogue, favorite moments? And for both Edwards and Minaguchi, uh, they kind of came to this mutual decision. It was the moment where Videl first flies. So we got a performance in English and Japanese of the exact same line of the same scene. And that's cute. It was. That's great. Come on. I'm flying. Really what kind of distracted everyone the majority of time during this panel was uh, before it started, they hung up a Battle of Gods poster. Yeah, on this backdrop. Um, so... What's happening or what? (laughs) What's going on? And someone even addressed it during the panel. I think the question was like, so are we going to see a clip or something? (laughs) Nikau was great. It's just like, 
No. <laughs> what? Oh, you bastard. You really are a bastard. Uh, but what that ended up being was uh, In Amazement does charity auction at the convention for relief support. Obviously, the tsunami and the earthquake. All the seven people there signed this Battle of Gods poster and that was auctioned off. It was immediately after this panel, wasn't it? We ran down to the auction that yeah, started going yeah. on. They auctioned off a ton of Dragon Ball stuff. So that was really, really cool to see. Did you get the collective worth of all the Dragon Ball stuff that I was sold? Have was it like Not, a thousand? It was easily over a thousand because some of the stuff, I mean, just the Dragon Balls alone, it was like some of them going for the four star ball itself went for a hundred bucks. Plus there were all the other ones. Mm -hmm. And we may have missed some of the early stuff. So I didn't want to give an exact grand total there, but that stuff went for a lot. So just reflecting on the, uh, East and West dream match panel here, Mary, it was like an hour of dragon ball. It went by so fast. It totally did. Like we could have easily gone for another hour. Yeah. Yeah. There's a couple questions I could have lived without a lot of um, overlap between yeah. the panels that we saw the previous day. And, and I gotta say, come. some people learn to form a fucking sentence. I get that you're nervous. Yeah. I, mean, I would be nervous too. Ultimately, I didn't personally go up and ask a question because I knew I'd be all like, uh, fumble uh, over uh, it. Uh, uh. But even the people that weren't fumbling, I felt like so many times Shemel's like, I don't, I don't know what your question is. Right. Yeah. That That's why they were really good. Kyle Hibbert and, and Sean Shemel were like, I'm sorry, dude. I, I don't, I don't get the question. It wasn't so much a matter of being nervous as it was like, you can't, what are you trying to you say can't here? Form a, a, like I'm doing right yeah, now. Exactly. You can't get to your point. And just like kind of repeating yourself over and over. It's like, that still doesn't tell me what your question is. But but other than that, I mean, that was just, I mean, I'm just nitpicking at this point. It was amazing. I, I don't, don't even use that word. I think that's a wonderful thing to do is nitpick. Oh, okay. That's great. <laughs> oh, well, give me the opportunity and it's all I will. Do. So I'll put you on the spot, just like they were all put on okay. the spot. What'd you think about the obligatory team four star? What'd you think? I, I was torn about that, to be honest. Okay. I was very, very glad that Sean Schemmel took the approach of not about to discuss this. Like, this it was more of in not these words. It was bitches. Do you see who's up here? Yeah, I, I do think he went maybe a little too far with the attitude. And I'm just saying that like as someone who maybe, I don't think he did as me myself. I don't think he did either. But as just like a common Joe Schmo who knows a bridge and just wants to know what they think about it. Yeah. I would have been like, whoa, dude, I was just asking a question. Mm. But as me myself mary I'd we're be practical like, oh yeah it. i love the way he handled it that yeah. was awesome i agree entirely it was really just this is not the time or place and it was and he tried to cover he's like you know, the great people uh, men or men i don't know but it was like let's let's kind of reconvene here let's get back mm. to business and I, I thought that was an appropriate way to do it um so that wrapped up it was wonderful it was totally packed we went to the auction i've got the number breakdown of the stuff that we were able to see there uh i did take two videos of two auctions one was the poster and i forget what other one I did it may have been the four star Dragon Ball which went for a hundred bucks so there's like a couple minute clips that I'm still gonna put up they're they're fun to watch just people I think the poster was the best it was like okay like 20 bucks hundred dollars like well we're done here <laughs> that person gets it they certainly want it so that was day two of the convention there was still another day of the convention and Mary you know from going to cons for so many years day three is usually whatever day three is like I get up have breakfast hit the dealer's room one last time and then I'm like okay let's leave and it's maybe 11 a.m right this was the first time in years that we were there until like maybe three in the afternoon yeah two two or three in basically the to the end there was closing ceremonies after we left and maybe we could have gone to that it was like this was amazing we're done <laughs> so day three started out there was a surprise autograph session with unannounced people uh none of the dragon ball people were attending that but 
Uh, after the big panel on day two, they were doing autographs and they did kind of a junk and phone thing to see how many people they tried to get it down to about a hundred people. I guess over the span of an hour, they only got through about 90 autographs that day. And of course, people have been doing their own individual autograph sessions throughout the weekend. But this was you're guaranteed to get all seven in a row right mm-hmm. there. So they had another full session of the seven of them Sunday morning. We were numbers like 137 yeah. in line, something like that. And maybe like an, an hour into it, yeah, they cut it off. They said, We're, we can only do 100 people. We didn't even get 100 people yesterday. We got an hour to do this because Shemelon Nozawa had a panel an hour after the autograph session. That was the only instance of bad scheduling. I think so. I mean, yeah. granted, we only did Dragon Ball stuff this entire convention. I don't know if other things had issues Who knows with other scheduling did, or yeah. timing. But that was the only instance where it's like, well... You probably could have had a half hour break between the two, which is interesting because when I looked at the schedule, they mostly had half they hour mostly breaks did, yeah. between everything. It's like, why would you not have a half hour break between the autograph session and then the Sean Schemmel and Nozawa panel? Mm-hmm. But whatever. I mean, they they ended up being 10 minutes late. Right. So that was a shame. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, th- the line was good. I took that opportunity to go get some. Be the man on the street. <laughs> man on the street. So you're going to hear a little bit of that. Uh, I did put one clip up there uh, on the website, but we'll get to some of that stuff in a little bit. So uh, the next thing we was the We Are Goku panel. This was, it was totally packed. It was a good thing we got in line so early because it was standing room only in the back. Uh, this was Shemmel and Nozawa together, basically doing similar things they've been doing all weekend, which was, here we are, ask questions. So before we get to this panel, Mary, I do want to ask you, what did you think of that approach where it was mostly, here are guests, there is no plan. I get frustrated by that because I do thrive on structure yes, and planning in I advance. But then when I think about past experiences at Otakon where there would be industry people, I think by and large it was a combination of Q&A plus maybe it would start off with just the person talking about like how they got into the industry. Um, we'll get to Nakao in a couple yeah, minutes. Yeah, we will. Because that was the outlier. He was the one that took it in a completely different direction and he that did. was a man with a plan, let me <laughs> totally say. totally was, yeah. I guess the question still stands. What did you think about all of these panels where it was ask questions go? Did it work? It did for most of them. I thought I, I was nervous at Nozawa's. Yeah. Because when it started and no one had questions, it was like, oh, great. This is going to be action packed. Yeah. Um, it was also inconsistent between just walking around the room and giving people the mic versus just get up in front of the room and form a line. I right, prefer the line approach. Right. And actually, when we get to we'll get into this panel right now, uh, I could tell immediately what he was talking about when Schemmel addressed the moderator. You're going to ask it in advance advance because it was like, we're not doing this team four star thing again. Mm -hmm. So they were vetting questions, which I think you should always do. I think you should always do because if you get a person that can't even you get the what whatever Otakon it was when Funimation announced saving one piece and you get that. How are you going to translate Nakama? Well, good luck with that. Uh-huh. It's like you get those people. Mm-hmm. So vet the questions first. That's the best way to do it. So we get into this panel and it was, as you were saying, kind of a, a combination of most of the stuff we've heard before. A lot of Shemel just being wide-eyed and awe. <laughs> sitting next to him on they the stage. They did tell a lot of the same stories as the previous day. I think we heard the bubble story again. Yes, it was uh, if you could voice anyone else, that kind of stuff. Shemel really seemed to want to voice bubbles. I know the first time he did that, Nozawa was like, well, what the hell is going on with this man next he to me? He was very confused. He was very confused. He's like, oh, oh, bubble reducing. 
<laughs> okay, I think we get what's going on here. But um, in this panel, someone was asking whatever question. And I think Shemmel was doing a really good job of asking his own questions to Nozawa during the panel, kind of expanding on if someone didn't, like we were talking about earlier, if they didn't really have a question, he would kind of turn it into something. And so in this panel, we got the stories of obviously Shemmel only plays the adult Goku. And once we hit the original Dragon Ball, he did take over at the 23rd Tenkaichi Budokai. But anytime it's a younger Goku, is a different an actress. Obviously, over on the Japanese side, it's always Nozawa, all Nozawa all the time. And so his question was, is the standard, is like, this what always happens? And did you have happened? to try out again right. for the role of Goku as an adult? And her story was, you know, traditionally that was what would happen is that when the boy character would reach adulthood, it would be a different voice, but not for me. And she said, and we'd have to vet this and do a fact check on this as well. She said she was the first instance of keeping that voice all throughout the time. That is the voice of Goku now. There, there is, There's never been an instance where anyone else has ever played Goku in Japanese. And Shemmel, he was, I think, just in awe of her answers all the time. That was wonderful. Uh, I will say it was very heartwarming to see how humble he was. Yeah, and we could go in more yeah. to that, but we don't need to. <laughs> you know where we're coming from. <laughs> the where our loyalties lie kind of thing. Uh, another thing that they both talked about and they both addressed in the same way where it was as they looked at the scripts, if they saw something that they felt Goku would not say, they would offer some input. And we know that Shimmel did that quite a bit in Kai. And that's why we get the Son Goku in the corrected line, no more ally bullshit. And that's why it is as good as it is there because after put his foot down, it's like, I'm going to try this here. But apparently Nozawa did similar stuff as well. And I mean, the script is what it is from the manga, but we also know that Nozawa did a little ad-libbing over the entire course of Dragon Ball. That's where Goku's accent comes from, even. So the two of them providing input, and I don't know how many other people can know Goku so intimately, other than Toriyama himself, but would he actually know at this point? So there are a lot of good questions, a lot of good answers in there. Um, anything else you take away from the two of them during this panel? I'm trying to remember, it was already less than a week ago, and I'm already like totally brain fart. There were a lot of repeats. We got the same walking up to the microphone story here again. I, th I thought it was certainly fun. It was mm. great to see. It was totally, totally packed. Uh, they definitely could have used a, a bigger room for that. Oh, yeah. So next up to wrap up our day, we had to make a choice. Side by side, we had Ryusei Nakao offline. And then there was also a dual panel of the two Videls. It was Yuko Minaguchi and Kara Edwards. My loyalties lie with the one and only Mr. Nakao. I am so glad we went. I haven't looked at the video from the other panel. I'm sure it was wonderful. This was one of the highlights of the convention. Mary. Man it with a plan. Was, oh my god. It was a riot. The man is hysterical. He's awesome. And he's so outgoing. Yep. And just, he seems so easygoing. And well, tell me about the panel. adorable. Tell almost. me about it. Things kicked off with with the DVD. I got the DVD. It, it was just a promotional video. It was kind of like a, a clips reel of some of his bigger yeah. roles from throughout the. It was year. like his demo reel kind of thing. Yeah, and then he was kind of talking a little bit about his work and about you know the different voices that he does, and then he kind of opens it up to the audience, saying, "Okay, we're going to have contests now. We're going <laughs> to do show us your best Frieza laugh." Yeah. So in kind of groups of four and five, people uh -huh. would volunteer and go up and do their best. Freeze a laugh. Or just attempt to voice act at all. Right. Some... Oh, right. Because what he did was he played a scene from the DVD and they muted the sound. Right. So you could overdub it with like your your fighting noises, like the punching and all yeah, that. Yeah. And um, what was really hysterical was it was either the last, was the last set one of Freeza voices, it was girls. all women. Yeah. 
And they actually took the initiative of basically like, fan dubbing, like doing funny lines, <laughs> right? Because you know there's no you know voice or anything, so they were just saying some really funny stuff. Although I got to give props to Will. The one girl who said were... it in Japanese. No, no, it was no, no girl said anything. No, in two girls said it in Japanese. Did they? Yeah. Oh, I missed that. Well, Will tried to as well when the guys mm-hmm. were up there. Um, but so props to anyone who tried to. It was like I'm I, I can't get up there to do it, but I know what the lines are. <laughs> Oh, would you have been able to recite it? Yes. Sorry to keep you waiting. This is my full power. Oh, see, you should have gone up there. I know. I wanna, can we hear your laugh after the fact? You're like, oh, oh. If, if I had to do a freeze, you, you want that? You want the, oh, ho, 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 ho. I, I don't know. I've been talking too long and I had a drink, so and my voice is getting higher. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, no one can compare to Nekau. Some of those girls and guys did very well. They did pretty well. There was one dude, man, he nailed it. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of dudes that nailed it. So this was great. We did uh, Frieza laugh, Caesar clown laugh, and then Frieza versus Goku, where that was all fighting noises and stuff. And same kind of thing. It's like, you know, watch it once and then try doing your own thing. And he had prizes for everyone. Right, because then we had to do like audience voting. Like we clapped the loudest for whichever yeah. one we liked the most. But then everyone's a winner and they kind of get a knickknack. Yeah, everyone got something and then the winner got an extra mm-hmm. like pencil board or got, something. We got one piece of racers at yes, the end. Yes, at the end. And every single person in the audience got a little one piece eraser or a little something. And he shook hands with every single person. Oh, did I shake hands with him? Yes. I probably sh- did. I was probably so nervous. You shook hands with Risei and Nakao. Did you? I did as well. Oh, cool. I was just like, oh. I mean, at that point, like, I just felt, oh, I know this sounds hokey, but it seems like we've we've met him before because he was just that friendly. It did feel that way. Didn't like, it? I wasn't, by the end of it, I, I don't think I was awestruck anymore. I was just like, you're just genuinely a cool man. You are awesome. And I yeah. want to go at to have drinks with you. In fact, my big mode of operations that I wanted to embark on the entire weekend was let's stalk, stalk them em. and find out what bar they're going to and then I want to buy everyone drinks, but yeah. I don't think we were can't awake be that, that long. Yeah. I want to be creepy. So there was all that good stuff and then we did have about 10-15 minutes at the end. It's like, okay, now we'll do Q&As, which is I love that. He had a plan, but he still had some questions at the end. People had some good questions. My own question, the only thing I could come up with is, uh, we'll just play it for you here. It's rare that you get to play him, but Kula, Frieza's brother, um, they're very similar, but is there anything you do with his voice to separate him from Frieza? So, Kula is like that, but the 作るにあたってはフリーザよりもやはりえっとお大人であるというと変だけど一応兄貴ということでもうちょっとフリーザより上目の感じで演じたつもりではいるんですけど。Well, uh, you don't get to see uh, Kula that much because uh, he's only a movie character. Uh, but since he's an older brother to the Frieza, uh, I like to play him as a more uh, mature uh, personality. It was a good answer, it was the expected answer, but then he tossed in that kind of little joke and then my little cute little brother Frieza. I was like, oh, he's adding in extra stuff. I love him. He was just absolutely adorable. And as you heard at the beginning of the episode, uh, I can't self-promote. You know me. I, I just love doing what I do. And if anyone enjoys it, that's great. But uh, Will, the original Billis, we're s- sitting there and going around questions. His question was, could you say in the Frieza voice? And you heard at the beginning of this episode, listen up, Earthlings. Comes in, she was the greatest. So we have that for all history now. I appreciate that so much from the bottom of my heart. 
That was so good. And he, after one, he, he just did that like, yeah, I just said that. And I'm awesome. <laughs> well, it was funny. Before he said it, it sounded like he and the translator were trying to understand what was being asked of him. It was like, yes. Kanzen? What? <laughs> right. He got it. He did. Oh, Kanzen shoot. So, Mary, that wrapped up our animation. That like, couldn't have ended on a better <laughs> it note. It was amazing. I mean, it was just... I like that it ended on a lighthearted note. Totally it did. was so much fun. And you know what? Beyond going to the dealer's room, we oh we went to that Fushigi Yuki panel when we first got there for like a few minutes, but we right. didn't do anything else at the con. Anything non-Dragon Ball at <laughs> we all. We didn't do the AMVs. We didn't do the, the masquerade. We didn't talk about the autograph sessions. Oh, no, we I did lied. all of those. I lied. What? We did go on Sunday morning because it was a while before stuff started. We went to that... um. Um, the improv comedy. Oh, the improv thing with uh, La Vueki that they watched dubbed and then did an impromptu. What, what do you think happens episode? on the next episode? That was fun. That was a really cool idea. That was cool. I can tell that those guys are solid improv people. Yes. Um, we haven't talked about the autograph sessions. We went to all of them except the one we couldn't get, get in into. at the end. Uh, they were wonderful and gracious. It was one item per person, exactly as I expect. And it was fun seeing the amount of dragon boxes. I know Dog, our buddy Drabaz and I were joking, like, if we just bum-rushed everyone here and stole the dragon boxes, can make a fortune. Oh, yeah. There were so many. So many Daizenshu, so many Chozenshu, Chogashu floating around there. People had, uh, I know you were noticing, everyone to Minaguchi was bringing up the same volume of Sailor Moon S, the DVD cover. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, I like, bought something different. I bought yeah, my, you swapped it up at the I, last second. I was like, okay, everyone else does the same thing. I'm going to have her sign my Ponchon figure. The so I go up and she's like, oh, Ponchon. <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh, so cute. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Uh, Minaguchi is studying English over in New York right now. So her English is probably the best of everyone. If we had to rank English, I would probably go Minaguchi. Nakao. Nakao, Furukawa, Nozawa. Mm-hmm. I think that's about right. That's accurate. Nakao, he was... Faking it pretty good. I, I oh, felt yeah. like he, he, he was understanding. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. He had good understanding and could say words here and there. I felt like he was answering questions before Toshi was translating them for him. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of cool. Uh, so we talked about all that. The dealer's room was the dealer's room for convention. But we found that awesome the one dude figures where we bought a Vegito figure. Yep. He had, it seemed like a reduced amount from when we last saw him at, I don't know what convention that was. Maybe it was Otakon or an AWA or whatever. Yep. We got a Vegito, which our buddy Tanuki has since dubbed and I will now forever call him traffic safety Vegito. <laughs> totally stuck. The only thing, Mary, we have not really talked about yet is the Konsenshu community. Oh my God. Everyone was amazing. Wasn't everyone just oh, so awesome? Oh, I love you guys. It was so nice meeting so many of you. Everyone was so fucking nice. And I just was happy. I mean, me personally of how many people, you know, remember Temple of Trunks so fondly and me yeah. not having updated in so many years. Yeah. It was just, um justification that yeah even though i'm not updating it, it i need to keep the site online right because so right. many people have fond memories of it and even i go back to it i'm like oh my god i'm embarrassed <laughs> i can't believe i wrote this yeah it's something like, oh, god, i was crap. talking about with some of the people i think you were off talking with someone else and a lot of the questions that went to the dragon ball voice actors was you know i grew up with your voices and i'm not going to pretend to be anything resembling nozawa or shemel to people but my response to that was you guys didn't grow up with me we all grew up together oh god yes that's so true I mean, Just, even you and me mike yeah we grew up with similar experiences mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. you know i was looking at your side i don't know if you're looking at mine but yeah, then you know, we met in real Whatever. life and here right. we are just in I, of course, love the people that are always on Twitter and our Facebook and our forum, of course. But the couple of people are like, you know, I don't post, but visiting your site since AOL. I'm like, 
holy shit, we, we all have been together for mm-hmm. 15 years. Mm-hmm. 15 it's beautiful. years. It's beautiful. It was beautiful. That's almost half your life. Yeah. And starting next year, it will be the majority of my life. Is it? No, I can't do math. You started your site in 98. Yeah. And 98 was, I can't do math. I've been doing the site for 15 years. You- going to be 31. So mm-hmm. starting next year, it will take over the majority of my life. Whoa. That I've been doing this. Yeah. <laughs> Freaky. Everyone was awesome. Yeah, they Everyone were. was so nice. I'm, I don't so know what else to say. The story is animation was awesome, like, man. You should all go. And so good. I mean, I can see why the, the, the voice actors keep coming back year after year. I mean, I don't see these voice actors going to, I mean, I know they do go to like some of the Canadian ones. Yeah. Um, Horikawa was up at Anime North. It right. was like, did you accidentally respond to the wrong convention this weekend? That's funny. I, from what I was hearing, uh, Sabbath had confirmed a convention prior to Animazement and they did offer to bring him out. He's like, I already confirmed another con. So. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe from here on out, I mean, I, I hope that Animazement continues to have a good reputation for treating its guests really well right. so that it will just become like the de facto is where the Dragon Ball peeps are. And how do you feel about that? Them getting known almost pigeonholed as that? Well, that's the Dragon Ball convention. I don't know that they're pigeonholed that way because that's how we see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what brought us there. That yeah, brought a lot of but other people there. They were celebrating that themselves, even during opening ceremonies. Like, do you like Dragon Ball? Do you like One Piece? Do you see who's up here right now? So I feel like they were really promoting that angle of it themselves. I wouldn't say promoting so much as celebrating. Yeah, yeah. There's a difference. So, I mean, think about the other Congoers. Was it too much? I mean, there were other guests. I mean, the voice of Luna was there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And when she said her thing, I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my childhood. Yeah. Oh, my God. Speaking of childhoods and yeah. growing up with voices. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. Because I know a lot of these voice actors have been going to anime for years. Yeah. Nakawa's been a few times. Furukawa's been a few times. Just talking about Furukawa, uh, before they, I forget what the story was, just a couple days before, his wife, did she fracture her arm or something? Mm-hmm. He was like, oh no, I need to stay with you. I can't go to the convention. She was like, no, you're going. And she was there too. Uh-huh. And she was taking pictures all the time. And it was- I'm glad they oh, all- Everyone had family. And yeah, it just they seemed did. like everyone was just awesome. Awesome is the, I, I can't speak awesome is the word that's coming to mind here. Mm-hmm. It was so good. Highly recommended would do business with again, A+. plus. I, I don't even want to start naming names because there were so many awesome people. Uh, I do have, I haven't come up with a plan for this yet. A donation from our buddy Albert. Let's just say now it's everyone's autographs. Everyone's, on, everyone's autographs. On something. East, West, it's everyone's it's autographs. It's everyone. We have to come up with a plan for this. We will be giving it away for free. We got to come up with an appropriate course of action for this. It can't just be a random drawing. It's yeah. a little too special. It's too special. Too amazing. Well, can we say what kind of product it is? Yeah, sure. It's uh, Kai Season 1. So 1 to 26 Funimation release. So mm-hmm. Signed by everybody. I actually don't know if it's DVD at the Blu-ray. At, oh, hmm. Not I sure. forgot. Who the fuck cares? I, I, I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> so we'll come up with a plan for that. You'll hear about it uh, soon. So what's it been like to see all these people all in the same place all at the same time? It's been... Exciting, exasperating, emotionally draining, but equally rewarding, and and I'm loving it. And I'm loving all the fans here getting together, and it's just a very, I don't know, humbling, fun time. That's all I can really say. I'm just loving it. (laughs) I think I wet myself a little bit, had to change my pants, but it was the... Yesterday was honestly the happiest day of my life so far that I can can imagine. It was... Nothing could have gone better. Well, I could have gotten a picture with her, but... Besides that, no, man, I can't ask for more. That was just amazing. 
is extremely exciting. Uh, it's something I've been thinking about for years. And to see Sean Schemmel and Masako together on stage like that was really a dream come true. Uh, and they were so funny, too. It was, it was a, honestly, it was the best panel I've ever been to, not just Dragon Ball Z, but in general, like my entire, you know, anime convention experience in life. It was, it was the best. And I don't see how you can get any better than that. Uh, this has been a historic, to say the least. Epic, historic moment, I'm telling you. <laughs> I never thought I would be alive to see something like something like this happen. And I'm not just saying that, you know, to sound corny. It really is it really is an amazing experience, pretty much. Um, it's a dream come true. I never thought I'd be able to ever even see uh, any of the Japanese voice actors actually, especially uh, Nozawa, um, who I just want to say it seems like an incredibly sweet and charming person, and I'm so glad that she plays Goku. She's so perfect for it, but they're all great. I actually saw uh, Sean Schemmel in the dealer's room and said hey to him. He was nice, too. They all seem like great people. It's wonderful. Uh, overall, it was totally worth it. This was one of the greatest con experiences I've ever had in probably over 10 years, and I've been to uh, quite a few. Otakon, I've been to Anime Next, I've been to Anime USA, and like this was one of the best experiences. It truly was, as the name says, an amazing. <laughs> uh, amazing. This will be one of the best few days of my entire life. It's uh, it's been pretty interesting. Uh, just getting autographs from certain people. Like I was saying before, it's kind of weird seeing uh, seeing someone on the internet than meeting them in real life. No, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about Nozawa. No, I'm talking about Nozawa as well. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it, it doesn't click until you leave, and then it's just whoa, that actually happened. And I don't know, I don't know how to top this. I mean, we've been spoiled for the past seven years. It's uh, I just don't know. <laughs> but uh, unless they bring Toriyama over here, this is probably going to be one of the greatest things. Ever seen. It has been absolutely incredible. I I stammered and stuttered every time I tried to like ask a question. It was pretty nerve-wracking and exciting all in one. If you could do it all again, would you do it exactly the same way? Absolutely. And I would highly recommend everybody listen to the podcast, especially if they're going to one of these, because that made the entire event completely enjoyable going up, and I'm excited to listen to it on the way back. That was Animazement 2013. Thank you for allowing me to relive this with you. Yeah, Even good though times. it was less than a week ago. Oh, I guess Friday was a week ago at this point. Yeah, it was a week ago now. Yeah, yeah, a week ago. We've already seen Nozawa. Oh, She's wow. right there in front of us. She walked by in the hallway, and then I totally squeed yep. on the inside. Yeah. Let's bring the show to a close. Mm-hmm. This, this was... We hope you all yeah. can experience this someday, too. I hope so, too. Join us next year. <laughs> Look forward to it. Mary, tell the kids, where can they find what they're hearing in their ears right now? Well, hopefully, you, hopefully you've already found it if they're already listening to <laughs> well, it. Well, maybe they just got it on Let's iTunes. The they don't know what's going on. There's a website, too. There's a website, too. All right. So it is called Konzenshu, K-A-N-Z-E-N-S-H-U-U.com. There you can find all the links to the emails and the forums and Facebook and Twitter and all places worth following. Regarding Dragon Ball news and awesomeness and fine convention coverage. Yep. All that stuff. We got more pictures, more videos, all that stuff. We got a lot to sift through. And not nearly as much as I know other people recorded because we were only there with our iPhones. Yeah. 
Yeah, people had actual cameras. <laughs> uh, along with this episode, I'll link the big thread we have on the forum. I know Will was putting up all of his videos and other folks are putting up their own. So, I mean, you got like multi-angle versions of all this stuff going on. So you can watch all of the panels for yourself, basically, at this point. So check it out. I, I think most of you already have. But What are, what are people saying? Uh, amazing. Fantastic. Would right. do business again, A++. <laughs> All right, so this was episode 335 of our podcast. We will be back at you soon next week, 336. We'll get everyone back on. We'll get back to our flow of things. Julian's continuing his translations. We've got more interviews. Saw Jake mention on Twitter the other day. It was like, why hasn't Chozenju 4? Oh, I didn't order Chozenju 4. <laughs> so uh, I think everyone needs to finish their collections. I know a lot of people having trouble getting the Chogashu. Oh, Mary, that's our story. The thing we forgot. We got in the Chogashu, the super art collection. Mary, oh, yes, how much yes. would you pay for this fine product over here? Um, would you pay $50? No. No, I'd pay more than that. Well, how much more would you pay would for this pay fine product? You would pay $75. For this. Mary, how about I tell you that this fine super art collection is only $38? Oh my God, no. That's crazy. Except That's for crazy. right now, where it's out of stock everywhere online but uh it already went out of stock and then popped up again so we're hoping it's just a supply chain issue and everyone will get it back in stock isn't it awesome it is gorgeous it It is so high quality i think two weeks ago julie and i did a review of it here on the show it is worth every fucking penny so good so good and just this evening i put up a picture on twitter if you have recently finished a collection of books we would love to see your bookshelf as well please share your pictures with us it's six so a picture didn't happen. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Put him up. Consenshu.com, 335. See you next week for 336 for Mary over there. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. For all the awesome, incredible folks at Animazement 2013 as well. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Mike Vegito EX. Matana. Later. <laughs>